Welcome back, everybody, to the Church is Now Online podcast. I'm Kristen Jacobson taking charge because Dan said that I could announce the podcast today. And it's <laughs> did an excellent really exciting, job. I would really suggest. exciting for me. You're hired. Joining You're us hired. today is the one, the only. <laughs> no, I can't. Who's she going to pick? Oh, she's not Christina Soderquist. Oh, of yes. Of course. She gets the one and only today. Are you saying Daniel. one and only yeah. because she's living as a single person oh. by herself oh, right now? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Lonely. Yep. She's one and only. <laughs> lonely? Is that Daniel lonely? Asher yeah. is here too, as is Hi. Scott Irwin and yes. Dan Jacobson. Hey, and the man. That, that concludes Woo-woo. the intro. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We've ever done. Yeah, it was excellent. So, um, you guys, there's there was an article on whatever social it was that just said, you know, step one of quarantine: everyone bought toilet paper. Step two of quarantine: um, I don't remember what step two was. Kristen, what was it? Every first, everyone bought bought yeah. toilet paper, <laughs> and then second, uh, there was something Zoom. Zoom. Oh yeah, everyone settled into Zoom. Zoom. They oversaturated their social their social calendar with Zoom evenings. And then step three to quarantine was everyone started baking bread. <laughs> and it was yeah, I, I read this on the day when Kristen was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna break bread. I'm gonna bake bread today." And no uh, this is not. And someone bought someone someone brought us banana bread that very oh, same day as that well. Banana bread was so good. It was really so good. good. So. This is obviously um, a reality that people are home and they're baking and people are home and they're eating. And it's leading to what I've heard the term quarantine 19. Have you heard of this, guys? <laughs> Just like the not. freshman, the freshman 15. Yeah. You know, it's the quarantine <laughs> 19. And I, I got to say, I believe it's happening. In, in our household because because both of us our scale has uh something's wrong with know. our scale it's, I it's broken it's heavy for both of us so you know it's got to be wrong it's healthy right. that you guys are in different rooms right now so that yeah True. oh True. no i think kristen and i would talk about this right next to each other anyway yeah yes we so. definitely would He's well so so, so here's, here's the deal <laughs> the deal we uh yeah so fat me right Thank just you. kidding I appreciate that one day maybe uh, we, uh, we're, we're trying hard to eat right. And I keep reading that the things that keep selling out out of grocery stores and whatnot are fresh foods, things like avocados, like, like the, the avocado farmers started to like diminish their staff in late February, predicting that there wouldn't be enough demand for fresh food only to find out that the price mm-hmm. of avocados in March and April has doubled from almost like a oh. hundred or, or, or quintupled, I'm sorry, from a hundred pesos per basket to 500 pesos per basket, which is incredible. Wow. And their production is five times more than they've ever needed. And so fresh foods are like winning the day. And there's all these things where the benefits come from eating, you know, a, a cutie instead of some chips. But paradoxically at the same time, um, frozen pizza is also selling out and chips are selling out and things that are like absolutely mm-hmm. terrible for you we're selling out of fresh food and we're selling out of like absolute garbage 
And so the the quarantine snacks are getting us. I want to know what you guys' go-to quarantine snack is. It's funny that you bring this up because I think that the last time that I've had this snack that I'm about to mention, it's been years, but I made Daniel get me hot Cheetos. Oh, like it's, been oh nice. it's been years? It's been years. Okay. Yeah. It was December of last year, and then the calendar changed. Many, right. Right. many a fortnight. Can you? Yeah. And they're fortnight. so good. Yeah. They're so good. How's that? Uh, how's that? like Flamin' Hot how, Cheetos? How they're Flamin' Hots with uh, lime. Ooh. Yeah. Tell everybody how full that bag it's is now. It's almost gone. <laughs> of course it is. Course I feel very is. proud. Way to go, girl. <laughs> Cheetos don't last in our house either. Those are uh, those are a special treat that are gone almost instantly. I mean, oh, yeah. yep. Scott, what what what's uh what's the Irwin uh snack of choice? We um I'm not gonna lie, I'm not a big snacker, but we have been doing uh Bethany made cupcakes the other week and we've crushed the cupcakes. Actually, I have crushed <laughs> the cupcakes because Bethany, ironically, is not eating sugar right now. So I'm eating double sugar right now, yeah. uh, <laughs> even out the Irwin ho- household. But we uh, we've been doing cheese on those little pretzel crisps from oh, Aldi. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, that hits the spot. Like so, like what do you mean, like cheese? shredded cheese? Yes, whatever then, cheese we have, and then you microwave it. No, then you microwave it. Oh, so it's melted. It's melted. It's cheese. melted. Yes. Sorry, I missed. I missed the one step in the cooking process. Because <laughs> that's how snack. my kids would try and eat it. They just take a handful of shredded cheese and put it on there and call it good. Listen, I'm not judging you if that's the way you do it because that sounds perfectly fine. <laughs> oh man, Daniel, what's your go-to snack, man? Oh man, I don't know. I've really tried to. Well, because. I'm living um, at a temporary place right now. Um, so I really, I don't have a whole lot of food with me, which has been good. Um, so I don't know. I, yeah, I, I've really tried to, because to, I have a propensity to overeat. So I just have to, like, I can't have it around me. Like Christina will tell you when I come to her house, like I will just stand in front of the <laughs> fridge and like, I don't have to microwave it. I don't have to do anything. Just I'll just eat it. I'll just, Shovel I'll it just, in. I will just go yeah. in. So I just like, I can't have it around me. Uh, but I don't know what my snack of choice, anything carb related, like if you've got pasta, bread, anything like it's, it's game over. Yep. Yeah. He will literally yesterday, he went and grabbed a pack of ramen, didn't just, cook it, yeah. literally just grabbed just the raw ramen it. and started yeah. eating. And I was like, what no. are you mm-hmm. doing? You Stop psycho. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's a dental Proud hygienist, not a Proud dental miracle It can't miracle be good for your teeth. <laughs> did you at least put the, uh, did you at least put like the, no. the packet kidding? on it? Like sprinkle no. the packet on? No. Okay, Daniel, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't knock it until you try it. This is yeah. actually an intervention. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. All right. But no, okay. it's been, it's been super hard to stay healthy. Like, especially with uh, all gyms being closed and then weather has just been nasty. It's like, been bad. It's been tough for like just your mood. Like it's gloomy every day mm-hmm. and it's rainy and wet. So like I ran, I think three miles inside the church two days ago. <laughs> I thought I was literally going insane. <laughs> Cause if okay. I ran outside, I, I had to feel like I was going to get sick uh, from all the wind. and the Did cold you air. run like stage to gym? Is that what you did down the hallway? You oh, did. Yeah. yeah. For like an hour. 
I want to know what the distance from there to from A to B is. Because every time we know. have an event in the in the auditorium that's followed by something in the gym, people complain because it's <laughs> such a long hike. They look at it oh, and they're like, you so got to be kidding me. That's so far. It not when you do it like 60 mile, times. Right? No, absolutely not. No, yeah, I was thinking uh, like maybe a tenth of a mile. It's maybe, oh, it's maybe a tenth. That. No. I'd go eight, 200 meters. Yeah. Yeah. That's my guess. Well, you guys, uh, make sure you're, you're choosing apples and cuties instead of, uh, you know, <laughs> chips is the, uh, is the moral of the story today. We've got a uh, interesting guest coming up. I'm not going to spoil the surprise. Uh, and so uh, stay tuned. But until next time, we will see you all later. Welcome to the podcast. One of our uh, HP members, Jimmy Weller. Jimmy, welcome to the show, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Jimmy, you've been coming to Bethel for many years. How long has it been? Oh, gosh. Um, 17 years. It'll be, I think, this year, June. 17 years. Obviously, the HP campus has only been open for five. Uh, and maybe that's not obvious, yeah. but but that I'm trying to say is not all those years have been at HP. You uh, spent a lot of time uh, in Lake County. You spent a lot of time with uh, our Crown Point uh, campus. Yeah, in Crown Point. Yeah, I was in Crown Point for 12 years prior to uh, the last five years here at HP. I was there from the beginning when they kind of switched everything over. Living in Hobart at the time, it was uh, just a, an easy transition for us, and it was the whole reason why the uh, more and better uh, kind of started was to be able to, you know, reach other people, but then also alleviate some of the extra um, attendance issues that we had there at uh, Crown Point. So happy and to do our part. Jimmy, you've 17 years, you know, I've, I've been here like a year and a half at HP. So 17 is like, wow, it's a, a an OG Bethel, Bethelonian. You've seen like you've seen like everything. What's been uh, some of the most exciting things you've seen over the past eight, seventeen years at Bethel? Uh, just the way it's grown. Um, I mean, it's. Uh, I knew right away we, when we first started. My wife and I, when we first started looking for a church, we moved from Whiting, and we wanted to find uh, a church that was you know that we can call home that was closer to where we were living. And um, the church, I mean, it was. We knew we were where we where we wanted to be and where we needed to be after I think the first service, and uh, just to be able to grow with uh, you know the the way that Pastor Steve, um, you know was has how he preaches and uh, I was like man it was the first time in my adult life where I actually was learning in church, um, you know it it seemed like uh, always before I wasn't really learning it was just something. I'd go to church and I would, oh, I've heard this before. And it was like the same, I don't want to say same thing over and over again, but I think you guys can understand where, you know, growing, growing up in a, a Southern Baptist church where they pe- preach fire and brimstone constant. And it's like, okay, I've heard this story before. I've heard this one. I've heard this, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, at, at that point, 25 years of, of hearing that, uh, you know, going, it was just a breath of fresh air and, uh, and just watching everything grow. And I know there's been, uh, you know, bumps along the road and there was things that, uh, 
you know, what's sticking out in my mind right now is uh, when we started doing the uh, the web services, not the web services at that time, it was just the broadcast, you know, Pastor Steve would come in and preach on Saturday night, or he would preach, you know, first service Sunday morning, and then we yeah. were their second service, and we're, and we're watching him on a screen, and I can remember, <laughs> you know, just being like, man, what is this? I mean, he's sitting right over there, or, you know, he's, <laughs> how can he not him, you know? And, uh, but now looking back on it, I mean, God has just been working in that, uh, from the beginning to be able to allow us to do what we're doing now. Right. And, uh, it's just amazing, to hear, you know, to see his plan unfold and we never knew, you know, where, um, you know, where things were going. I mean, you know, that was, you know, one of the, like I said, little bumps, but at, at looking at it now, it's definitely been a growth, you know, and, uh, just the, the worship side of stuff. I mean, I've always, uh, loved music. And, uh, and still do, and just having um, that, uh, uh, the way, you know, the way we worship at Bethel is just great, and I, you know, I feel like home. Well, I'm glad we're recording this, because that was a great plug for the church, man, and yeah. <laughs> we, we love you and your family, you know, your, your, uh, your folks started coming to the HP campus, uh, gosh, like four or five years ago, I mean, it was pretty soon after we opened, yeah. um, so yeah. it'd be great to get to know you guys, and so, um, hey, we, um, we got some uh, a really interesting scenario to talk with you about because you actually um, under uh, I don't know how to talk about it. You, you had coronavirus. Correct. Yes. So yeah, I I had coronavirus. Um, I still do not. I mean, I'm I haven't been tested to show that I'm like free of it. The doctors all say I'm free. Um, I'm actually waiting another uh, week, and then I can actually go in and test for antibodies. But, but yeah. So the question is, yes, um, I am. Uh, I had coronavirus. I consider myself a coronavirus survivor. Right. Um, uh, today, today was my uh, first first day back to work after almost six uh, almost six weeks off, and uh, wow. it was a uh, it was a very um, trying time and uh, in my life. Definitely the hardest thing that I've ever been through. Hmm. Jimmy, I remember my son being tested. Um, you know, this is very early on in the lockdown. We we were, um, you know, there's the shelter in place. I think we preceded the shelter in place with our own self quarantine. And I remember right. calling calling you because we found out that you were um, waiting on test results as well. And lo and behold, we had tested at the same facility a day apart. And so we started tracking with you throughout your you know, what do you, whatever you want to call it, progress or, or you know, um, suffering through it. And it started out as far as best as I could tell, maybe you can tell us a little bit more clearly, that it was a, you know, uncomfortable reality. And then you got the news that, yes, you were COVID-19 positive. There's some interesting yeah. dynamics in your home. We don't have to go into all those, but for various reasons, you were just worried about the loved ones around you. What, no, were, what were those days at home like initially? Maybe days, you know, zero to eight of you having the virus. Yeah, so uh, day one or day zero, you know, um, so the day before I started having symptoms, um, you know, it was business as normal. I went to work. Um, everything was, uh, you know, I thought everything was fine, not a problem. And um, woke up the next morning and I had a cough, which has kind of lingered, was lingering on from a previous sickness back in February. I think everyone kind of has that during this time in yeah. this area where, you know, you have just that little cough that comes up every once in a while. And sometimes when you talk on the phone or when you're, you know, just doing something, you'll just cough a little more than you normally would. So I had that. 
And uh, I can remember I was talking on the phone uh, to a to a good friend of mine uh, who was in um, Arizona, and uh, he was uh, we were talking, and I just kept coughing and coughing. He's like, "Man, are you okay?" You know, and he's like, "You don't yeah. you don't have the virus, do you?" And I'm like, "No, nah, I'm fine." I just kind of like laughed it <laughs> off, and uh, and I got off the phone, and uh, it was just like as soon as I got off the phone, I started instantly having like chills, and uh, I was you know body aches like starting like what the heck you know, yeah. and uh, I asked my wife, I'm like, "Hey." do we have a you know thermometer here? She's like, yeah, I think so. And, and uh, so we went and looked, got the thermometer and I had, uh, my temperature was like 99.8, which I normally run really cold, like 97. So like anything over 99, it's like, Ooh, that's actual fever. So I'm like, you know what, with all this going on, let's just be safe. Uh, fortunately, we were um, living in a, at the time living in a condo where we had a second story, which was uh, just a bedroom and a bathroom. And uh, so I'm like, you know what, just to be safe, because she's got some underlying medical issues that, you know, we wanted to protect her as much as possible. And uh, so like, let's, I'm going to go upstairs and we'll just quarantine ourselves just to make sure everything's good. And she had no symptoms at all. She was fine. Uh, but for that, uh, that first, you know, six days, um, it was, you know, very weird, just the weirdest thing. And, and it was, uh, I would, I would be upstairs, you know, in the bedroom, um, bored out of my mind, you know, and starting, <laughs> I was starting to feel worse and worse every day, but like, sure. I would see her, like she would come up to the stairwell and kind of sit there in the stairwell. So we're about 20 feet away and, uh, she would bring me up something to drink or food or whatever I needed. And, uh, she was just, a, a godsend during this whole thing. But, um, the, uh, it, it, like you said, it was weird to, uh, to have that situation. And, and each day I just started getting, you know, started feeling a little bit worse, a little bit worse. And, um, I, I was still, you know, doing kind of business as normal, you know, I'm sending emails and, you know, working, you know, as best as I could from home and doing stuff that I needed to do. And, um, the, uh, um, probably day, it was day seven, uh, that I finally got the, uh, uh, the confirmation that I was positive. And it was just like, I don't, you know, that, that emotional feeling, I don't want to, um, you know, definitely is not as, I don't want to say it's not as bad as cancer or whatever, but, you know, when you hear that word cancer, it was, you know, you know, that's yeah. horrible. We've had family members that have gone through it, but I almost, you know, like that situation is like, oh my gosh, I have, you know, COVID and you, you read the, the, the newspapers and you uh, watch the news and that's all they're talking about is that. And now I have it. And, you know, it's a, a very uh, weird situation and, and scary situation to be in because you don't know what's going on, what's happening, and they don't know. You know, the doctors at the time did not know and still, you know, are, um, you know, kind of looking for different options. They got a lot of stuff that is out there now that is, you know, positive um, ways of, of dealing with it. But at the time, it was like, man, I, you know, what's going to happen with me? And I, and I thought at first, like, you know what, I'm strong. I can get through this. I'm young. Um, I, uh, you know, don't have any underlying issues, uh, that would, uh, you know, that would make it weird or not make it to make it that much more, uh, me susceptible for, you know, getting really bad. And at that time I thought that, you know what, I'll be fine. I'll still get through this, but it was still that, you know, like, Hey, I, I do have, you know, COVID-19 and, um, those next three days, uh, so eight, nine and 10, um, it just seemed like I got worse and worse. Um, I was, uh, you know, I had a, I had a fever throughout that whole entire time, but the fever, like, just like got even worse at that time. I was, I had a fever for seven days straight. Um, the highest it got was those last, uh, three days at 102. 
and it was just like constant. You know, we were trying to uh, break the fever. I was putting ice packs everywhere. I was trying to, you know, just to let it go down. I was taking, you know, Tylenol, and I was, you know, doing everything that the doctors, you know, uh, from home were telling me to do, and uh, just could not get the fever to break. And uh, it was uh, um, day 10 that I was, uh, I just, I was so dehydrated, so weak. I was, I didn't sleep the whole last night. I was up going to the bathroom. And when I say 50 or 60 times, that's not exaggerated. It was just one time after another. And, um, and that was something else that I want to put out there. <laughs> uh, they don't really have that as a, uh, as a symptom uh, that you normally have where you have the runs. Um, yeah. but, uh, after being in the hospital, they, uh, when I talked to the doctors and the nurses and they said that, you know, I'm like, how come they didn't have this in the, you know, the CDC or whatever that says, you know, this is a symptom. I kept thinking, you know, I didn't have it because I had that. And I'm like, oh, that's not one of the symptoms. So I probably don't have it. And, um, but the doctor said, oh no, when you have that, that means it's, you know, it's really affecting your body and it's pretty bad. So I'm like, well, that would have been nice to know from the beginning. Sure. So I'm putting it out there. It's, you know, it's yeah. a public announcement. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> breaking here but, on our um, podcast. Yes. Breaking here. Yeah. yeah. But uh, those uh, those three days, I mean, we just it was, you know, I was not sleeping. Um, I was having a hard time breathing. Um, and um, but I was still like, I guess just being a, I'm gonna say just being a man, just be like, oh, I can handle. I can, I got this. I'm not, you know, I don't need to go to the hospital. I can, I can fight this. It'll be okay. It's just a really bad cold um, or a really bad flu, but um, it just progressively got worse and worse. And um, finally, when I, the last uh, bit was, I was, I remember it was a, I think it was a Sunday morning um, that uh, um, I was, I, I, I was like, I need to take a shower. So I just, I jumped in the shower and I was, I remember I was sitting on a little stool and um I just, I was so weak, you know, I felt like I was going to just pass out when I was in the shower and, um, I got out of the shower and, and then Tammy kind of looked at me, my wife, and she's like, we need to take you to the hospital. I talked to the doctor and she said, your fever still isn't going down. And, you know, at this point, um, I had probably lost in that 10 days, um, somewhere between 20 and 25 pounds to kind of give you an idea of how much weight I lost wow. that quickly. And, um, I'm, I'm a big guy, so I mean that's not, uh, um, you know, I'm not 100 pounds and lost, you know, three quarters. So, but so I lost, you know, I, I lost basically 10% uh, of my body uh, weight in uh, in less than less than two weeks. Um, so that was, like I said, it was it was really quick. And um, so anyway, so we had set uh, set up to go to the hospital. So you have to call ahead and let them know, hey, this is what you're coming in. And when I say we, that was not me. I had. I was doing absolutely nothing at this point except for laying in bed. Um, and um, so my wife took care of that, went to the hospital. They came out and got me. And at that point there, it was kind of, uh, you know, it really hit home. Like, I might not come out of this. And uh, mm. sorry, I might get a little emotional. It's okay, man. I, as, as you're taking a, a breather here, I, yeah. I have the text exchange up between me and you from this time period. And at first days, you know, six, seven, eight, it was a lot of just like checking in on each other. Have you gotten your test results back? whatnot? And uh, you kind of fell off the trail a little bit, I imagine, and the, the weakness of feeling, you know, physically, you know, hit by yeah. this COVID thing, you weren't texting as much 
all of my communication no. came uh, came to me through your wife. And um, it was that that day that you're talking about where she took you to the hospital and said, hey, um, we just brought him in. And she was thinking they're just going to give you fluids and send you home because you'd been managing your uh, illness um, well enough at home that you probably weren't thinking you needed a hospital bed. And at this point, right. was it because of the lack of, you were still breathing on your own, the lack of a need for a respirator that kind of seeded that thought? Um, no, it was. I mean, there was, um, I didn't realize, uh, we had gotten from a friend of ours a, um, uh, an oxygen uh, meter. I don't know what they call it, but you put it on your finger and it tells you what your oxygen levels yeah, are. Pulse ox meter, and, yeah, pulse-ox meter. Yeah, pulse-ox, that's it. And uh, so we had gotten that uh, probably day eight or nine. And, um, and I can remember her just coming and checking that. And it was, you know, like 95, 94. And then just progressively started going down, you know, 91, 90, 88. And, uh, you know, they're like, if you, if you get down to 85, you need to go to the hospital or whatever. And it was like, it just kept on going down lower and lower. And I know, um, so and it, it was the coughing fix. And it was the, uh, like, when you would breathe, it just felt like there was just so much, I want to say fluid in there, you know, or just like, like you got a really bad, I don't, you know, like snot or something, you know, it's yeah. like that kind of like gargling, you know? Yeah. And um, so it wasn't, you know, that I felt like I needed to get onto a respirator, but I knew there was an issue with my oxygen. Um, I guess there's so much stuff now that's coming back as we're talking about it, that, you know, I was, um, I know that at one time during that time and whether it be because of the fever uh, the um, the medicine that I was on, I had some coding cough medicine, um, but then also the lack of oxygen. I can remember telling Tammy um, that uh, I know what I'm saying is not what I mean. And I, I felt like I was almost hallucinating. Um, and uh, it was really weird, um, you know, just to not have control. Like even, like you're saying, like the text and everything stopped. You know, uh, Pastor Ann, I'm sorry, but no, you okay. weren't the only one that. No, no, no. you were. <laughs> you weren't the only one that uh, that I stopped. I mean, I stopped completely. I mean, there was, it was so much. Uh, like it was for me even just to do regular things like breathe or cough or whatever. I was still having. It was. I was like I had to think about it and try to like departmentalize what I was doing at that. It was so weird. I never experienced anything like mm. that, and nor do I want to again. Uh, but it was just not having control over your body. It was it was almost like I won't say an out of body experience, but it was a uh, um, it was just a weird experience and, and a dark experience too. Uh, what I mean by that is like I just felt like I can remember laying in bed just praying like you know God come over me and just you know wrap your arms around me and you know let me feel that you're here. Yeah. And uh, it was it was weird. It was like a dark time. And, um, and not saying that, you know, he wasn't, he was there, but it was like, I want to say like a, a faint light, you know, sure. and then once I was in the hospital, uh, you know, it, it, I definitely felt his presence there. And, and, um, it was, uh, it was definitely a, uh, um, a, a much better feeling, you know, and maybe it was because I knew that I was going to make it or not make it, you know, back then. And now like in the hospital I was, but getting back to that question that you asked is, you know, going into the hospital when, um, you know, when Tammy dropped me off, it was, you know, she can't come in there with me. Mm. She basically was at the door. And uh, I mean, I, you know, at that time I had not even, you know, hugged her, gave her a kiss, 
touched her. I mean, even just a, yeah, did not even a handshake <laughs> uh, for 10 days. And then now I'm leaving her and, um, and not knowing if I'm going to make it, you know, back out. Right. So, Jimmy, and I knew that I was, gonna, yeah. I, well, I was just going to say, I, you, you're touching on a lot of, I think, real, really heart issues that you know, a lot of people would be interested in. I, I know you're kind of on the back side of this and getting back to work and, and some level of normalcy in, in your life. But, you know, looking back on this experience, what, what have you learned or, or what kind of perspective shift have you had uh, in your own life, spiritual, emotional, going, you know, your relationship with your wife, going, having gone through this, what, what has changed for you? Uh, definitely that life is short. You don't know, um, you know, if you're going to be here the next day and take advantage of all the time that you have with loved ones and family. Um, I mean, I, I make phone calls now, which I didn't before. I just talked to my uncle down in Kentucky, which we had some communication while, while I was sick because he also was tested and um, he ended up not having it. He just had strep throat, but, you know, we had kind of talked a little bit, but, you know, um, just just being with family and, and uh, not taking things so seriously. I, growing mm -hmm. up, and I know I talked about my dad already, um, you know, my dad was, uh, you know, he had to do things right and everything had to be done right. And uh, I'm not saying that that's wrong. I mean, that's a great thing. But uh, at the same time, everything doesn't have to be perfect. <laughs> and um, I would always, that's one of my flaws, call mm -hmm. it a, a flaw and also one of my uh, traits, whatever, that yeah. I'm a perfectionist. But I want to, I want to try to make everything right and, uh, and make, and do everything the, the correct way and the right way. And, um, and that's one of the things that I, that I probably learned is like, you know what, there's more important things than, uh, you know, making sure this is, you know, perfect and, uh, you know, let it go. Don't, you know, don't let it, mm. don't stress out about those things. That was, you know, that's probably one of the biggest things is, is that, and just, uh, you know, <laughs> being nice to people. I mean, there's so many different things that I, I learned through this and, you know, just, uh, you know, cause you don't know if you're going to be there tomorrow, if you're not going to be there tomorrow or if they're going to be there or not. Right. And, uh, it was, you know, those are, you know, some of the biggest things I know I'm rambling on. No, that's okay. Hey, take us, take it. That's so, that's so great too. Um, I sympathize with many of those, uh, personality traits. And so it's, it's great to hear, um, you know, your perspective on it. Take us to the moment when you were moved in the hospital. So you got there, got your fluids, and then they kept you. And they moved yeah. you to a, a COVID unit. What was that like? Yeah. So, uh, well, when they first told me that I thought I was going to be going home, you know, even then, you know, like, oh, they're just going to give me some fluids, give me some oxygen, kind of get everything, you know, getting back to normal and then, you know, kind of send me back home. And then... Uh, when the doctor came in, he was like, you know, you do have um, a touch of pneumonia uh, to go along with all this. And, uh, and we've got some, there were some different levels and stuff that, you know, for livers and kidneys and everything else that were starting to just waver and not, you know, not be where they're supposed to be. He's like, let's just, we're going to keep you. Um, and then, like I said, when I went up there to, uh, I forgot what the name of the first place was. Um, there was two different rooms. And uh, like a level one trauma or something. And uh, that one there, you know, they're coming in with the gowns and, you know, like the face mask and stuff like that. And it was, it was a scary situation, you know, cause I've never been in anything like that. And also I felt so bad for them, you know, cause every time they came in there, they're risking their lives, 
you know, yeah. possibly risking their lives to, you know, to take care of me. And uh, I can just remember, I'm like, man, I'm like, I don't even want you guys to come in here unless you have to, um, because it was, you know, I don't, I don't want them to get it. Obviously, we know I have it, and they're, like I said, the, the doctors and the medical staff there at St. Anthony's and and everywhere are just amazing uh, what they do, and um, they don't get the respect and uh, what they, all the stuff that they do. It's 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 amazing, but. Uh, but yeah, they, uh, um, it was, a, like I said, it was scary to be in there. And then even when they moved me into, like, there was a COVID floor. And I know that I kept asking, like, how many other people are here, you know? And I, I, don't, I don't even know why I was asking, you know, whether it, you know, just so I can say, God, you know, when I'm, when I'm saying my prayers, you know, the other nine people be here, you know, with them and everything else. Or I don't know. But um, for whatever reason, I just kept asking how many people are here. And, um, and I would hear, you know, different stuff you know, from like different people coughing or whatever. And, you know, rooms are closed, but it's like, and I'm like, it was, uh, it was, it was a touching situation because, you know, we're all going through this at the same time. And I have no idea who those other people are. And like I said, they probably don't know who I am, but uh, you know, like we never saw each other or anything like that. But just to know that there was other people that were in there, it was, it was sad. Um, and, um, you know, was there, you know, I don't, I don't know if, you know, who, I don't, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> um, well, that one out. <laughs> no, yeah, we could, but I mean, the the sad reality is that we actually know some of the people who are in there alongside of you, and okay. and they um, they didn't make it. Uh, there's a couple from our campus or from our Crown Point campus who was in their eighties. The yeah, who was? Um, I, yeah, I did not know where they were at, but I remember they so were they were, they were in the room, hospital rooms right next to you. Yeah, I was going to say if they were room eighteen. Um, I can remember, um, which I was in 20, so I can remember them coming in and saying that, you know, um, I don't even know if I could say this for HEPA laws or whatever, you know, that, hey, the, uh, the patient in, you know, in room 18 was, you know, their oxygen levels are down below 40. And I just remember, I just remember right then just stopping and I didn't know who they were, but just prayed for whoever was in there. And um, that's, you know, the more and more that I was doing that, it was like, obviously, I, I wanted to get better, too. But I was just, I knew that uh, that feeling just to be able to have, you know, just God put your arms around me. And he did several times, you know, when I would ask for it. And I just, you know, felt his presence. Yeah. We had so many people praying for you. And whenever I would reach out to Tammy, she would relay the message from you saying you could feel that. You had a positive reaction to being hospitalized. The care really helped you. And then, Absolutely. And then you suffered a setback. Do you remember what that was yeah. like? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I remember um, I started, I was feeling better and then uh, I hadn't had like a real bad coughing fit for a while. So I was starting to breathe better. I was on the oxygen. I was, um, you know, just starting to feel better. And I remember I had a, um, a, a, a coughing attack and um, which was reminiscent of what I had just before I went into the hospital. And um, uh, it got to where, you know, I, I couldn't breathe. I was, you know, basically puking. I was standing in the sink and the doctor, not the doctor, the nurse was in there. You know, there's nothing really she can do. She's kind of keeping her distance because obviously there's, 
you know, mucus and everything else that's right. <laughs> COVID mucus, you know, yeah, right. and, and, and I just, I can remember sitting, I'm like, oh man, you know, I thought I was getting better. And, um, that was kind of like, Hey, you're not out of this yet. You know, it was, uh, you're not out of the woods. And, um, and it was a, like I said, it was a scary feeling, uh, to, uh, to have that where it's, Hey, I'm doing better. And then bam, right back to almost exactly where, you know, where I was and, um, you know, and only two days in the hospital, um, but, uh, or day two of the hospital, hospital stay, I guess. But, um, yeah, I don't, like I said, I, I, I think that I answered your question there. It was, like I said, it was just another hurdle that I had to go through. Um, and I, I don't, I don't remember what I was thinking during that time. Your, your wife sent me a text saying that you said you felt like you got hit by a truck and a train at the same time. Is that yeah, accurate? Well, that, that, was, that was very accurate. I can remember, uh, I can remember thinking that a lot, you know, it was just like my body just ached. I was so tired. And, uh, yeah, I, I do remember that. And, and, it, and it did, it, it, that was a very accurate description. Just, I just felt like so beat down, um, mm-hmm. And, you know, just tired and just kind of hurting all over the place. So you weren't in the hospital in the scheme of things too long. I, no, I don't know how not. long it was. Was it four days, five days? Uh, that five you days. Ended up yeah, I was in there for five days. And you, after that first setback, things seemed to go well for you. And you were able yes. to be released. Help us imagine yeah. that moment for you. Uh, when I was getting released, yeah, yeah, I, I was uh, I was excited. Um, I really just wanted to be home in my own bed. <laughs> you know, they they uh, they say you know some people I guess say that I, I'm, they go to the hospital and they can relax. I mean, there's no relaxing in there. They're every two hours or hour they're coming back in there and poking you and getting more blood or you know doing whatever they have to do, which is great. I mean, they, I needed that, but um, I just I really wanted my own bed really wanted to, uh, you know, see Tammy again, even though, like I said, it wasn't, uh, you know, sorry, my mouth was getting dry. Uh, <clears throat> even though I wasn't going to be able to, you know, hold her and kiss her and, uh, but just being knowing that I was going home, uh, it was just a sense of relief and, you know, just thanking, praising God for being able to, uh, uh, to heal me so quickly um, you know, in a sense, five days is nothing. And the fact that I did not have to go onto a respirator, the fact that, you know, I was right. able to get in there and, and get that, you know, get my strength back and get my breathing back. And I can remember uh, that last day they said, well, we're going to have to, when we take you off the oxygen, you know, you have to score at least a, a 91 or 92 or whatever on your breathing test or whatever, you know, which basically I had to walk around the room like 40 times and then they would check my the uh, the oxygen level and make sure I was still in the 90s, in which I was, and I'm like, man, I'm, I remember just the whole time I'm doing breathing techniques, you know, just to make yeah. sure I'm getting getting enough oxygen in there because I, I really did want to go home, and yeah. uh, you know, praise God, I I asked when we when we walked or when uh, they came up, I asked, I was like, can I just can I walk out or do they have to do I have to have a wheelchair? And they're like, well, if you want to walk, you can walk, and I didn't realize how far it was, <laughs> <laughs> but. But I did walk out of the hospital, and uh, it was great uh, just to be back outside again. And I remember walking over to the Jeep where Tammy was parked by the emergency room, and I came out like almost a regular entrance. And 
and she just came out, and even though she shouldn't have, she, you know, she gave me a hug, and uh, she's like, you walked? And I'm like, yeah, I walked, you know, but then I was so tired. I just, I went and I got into the Jeep, and I can remember just being like, I'm exhausted just from that, you know, just from that walk. And, uh, you know, we got back to the, you know, to the condo, and uh, uh, Tammy, I can remember, uh, she was saying, like, later on, we kind of, you know, laugh and joke about this now. She's like, man, she, you know, you're still not, you're still not Jimmy again. You know, you're still, um, you know, tired. And I was, I was tired all the time. I was, you know, to get up, to go to the bathroom and, and I want to come back and just lay back down and kind of sleep, you know, some more, but it was in my own bed. So it was nice. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, she's, you know, she was saying that, you know, I, I dropped you off. She's like, and you're not much, you're better, but you're not much better than you were when I took you in, you know, you're still sick. And, uh, and it was still another, uh, almost week before I really started getting my strength back and where I was actually uh, able to, you know, go downstairs for the first time. And then we have a little balcony. I can remember sitting out there and it was just feeling so much better um, just being outside. And uh, so I know what, you know, people are going through right now and, you know, being uh, quarantined or just being on, you know, stay at home, you know, orders and, and not going outside and not being around other people even though I had Tammy there in the, you know, the same house, um, it was just different just being able to be out on the balcony and, you know, kind of see some people that are walking by and just to communicate with other people. That was, that was great. And that is something that, uh, um, you know, we're definitely missing. And that's one thing throughout this whole thing that I realized, um, I know you asked me that already, but just being able to uh, communicate and be around people is so important. And uh, we take that for granted. And, you know, now that it's gone, uh, you really feel it, you know, that connection, that uh, intimate, personal connection with uh, with someone, whether it be a friend, family member, whoever it might be, or even just somebody that you just meet for the first time and you want to shake their hands. I mean, things are so uh, things are so different now, and you and you we miss that uh, connection, that human connection. Yeah, Jimmy, I want to ask your opinion on two things, and this is an opinion question. I hope no one takes your answers as like guidance or CDC. So I want to give you permission to just speak about your opinion. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of people who are very flippant about the coronavirus. Some, some people think that it's a joke. Some people think it's still a government hoax. Um, some people think that the economy needs to just be the first and foremost priority and that this, you know, People who get it, they'll just, the strong ones will fight it off and the weak ones won't. And that'll be either, you know, natural selections way of dealing with life or God's judgment upon the earth, however they see that. I'm characterizing, obviously. But right. what, how do you feel when you see um, people not taking this seriously? Having gone through what you've gone through, what are some of the emotions in your own heart that you wish we could understand? Uh, well, number one, for those people, I mean, it is real. Um, it is something that uh, is, you know, not a government hoax or anything like that. Where it came from, you know, I, I don't know. And, you know, I don't know how it got put into place or whatever. Uh, right. But sure. um, but uh, it is real. And uh, it, and you, we do need to take this seriously. And I think that, you know, listening to uh, the powers that be, uh, they're trying to do their best to uh you know to save lives and to um to not have you know so many uh you know the death toll just keep going up 
Uh, and then, you know, as far as, uh, well, I'm strong, it's not going to affect me. Um, you know, I, I consider myself a very strong individual. In fact, when, when people um, found out that it was me uh, that was sick, they're like, well, Jimmy, I can't, I can't believe that. You know, it doesn't make sense, you know. Right. And, uh, and, you know, not to toot my own horn, but, you know, that's, you know, what other people have told me even that, you know, like, I couldn't believe it was you, you know, of all the people that are getting sick and um and and, and affecting that bad and it's every it affects everybody differently and uh uh to say that you know oh i'm not i'm not gonna it's not gonna bother me it's not gonna you know i just i look at my own my own self and say uh well i thought that i was strong enough to fight this at home by myself and obviously i wasn't and we were doing everything we possibly could you know to uh fight it at home and uh it was just too strong for that and uh and it, it's uh it's sad that people are are that way so now that i'm you know i'm uh no longer contagious and uh, have been uh, allowed to uh to go back to work and uh, so i've been with uh around other people already that uh you know an individual the other day that was walking up he was asking me a question and i'm like hey you know you're a little close and he's like ah, oh, don't worry about that you know it's not gonna bother me you know and i'm like and it's so right away. I'm just like, well, let me tell you this, you know, so I explained to him, like, I, yeah. at it. I don't want it again, you know, and, uh, and then, so, but some people are just, uh, you know, ignorant to the situation and, um, you know, they, they won't, uh, learn, but I, I pray that they don't get it. I pray, I don't wish this on absolutely anybody. Mm. And, um, but, uh, but sometimes it's, that's what you need is, you know, to hear somebody else uh, that's had it, um, but then also, you know, survived. Um, and then, um, you know, they hear the horror stories for people that don't and I uh, know that it is real. And um, like I said, we're we're doing this, uh, you know, safe distancing, social distancing and stay at home. And that's the, the ultimate thing is just to to uh, to save lives and to try to get a get a handle on this and and to, to not overwhelm the, uh, you know, the medical field with, uh, you know, just a bunch of patients all at once. And they, you know, to not be able to handle. Right. There's so much in your story that is, um, you know, textbook to what we've been hearing. There's also a lot in your story that's hopeful. The fact that your wife didn't contract the virus herself. I know that was one of your big worries. What a grace from God. Yeah, she was, uh, she was very diligent in, um, you know, like coming upstairs, she would, uh, you know, change her clothes. Um, you know, she was, you know, close to me if, you know, if she wasn't just delivering food or whatever. Uh, but I mean, she was, uh, she was able to, uh, uh, get her hands on some, uh, on a mask and, uh, some gloves and, and, uh, she would go downstairs and wash her hands for, you know, I don't, I don't know how long, probably more than 30 seconds, but, you know, just to make right. sure that she didn't get it. But I mean, we, uh, but social distancing and, and quarantining yourself, I mean, obviously worked in our situation. And right. uh, the last thing I wanted was for her to get sick and, you know, um, I, we did, we did do that quick. And I think that's very important, um, that, uh, you know, through everyone that I was in contact with, uh, basically, uh, the County health department and, uh, through my job and everything else, they were, you know, asking, Hey, who is, who were you in contact with? Who are you working with? Who did, you know, and, uh, we had, to, um, between the health department and, uh, my work and Tammy, uh, basically had to go back and contact everyone who I had had, you know, contact with. And, um, uh, you know, they were, they, all those people were tested. 
and uh, and nobody else got it. So I think that's testament that uh, you know catching it early, like as soon as you start uh, you know feeling sick, uh, if you quarantine yourself, there is a chance for you not to spread this any further. Um, so that's a that's a good thing. Another public uh, announcement. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we keep hearing about how contagious this is, and we know that it, it is incredibly contagious. And yet I'm encouraged because your wife could still, even with her fears, could still take care of you. And I would talk with right. her while you were in the midst of this all. I would say, hey, how are you feeling? Are you okay? Like even, you know, checking on him when he's sleeping. Like, do you feel okay going in there? And kept, you know, doing safe measures, right, to be able to take care of yourself. And so I think what, what we're hearing you say is that, yes, it's um, a highly unknown virus and it has awful ramifications but i'm so glad that we're having this conversation today and i'm so glad that you were able to get health care even without a cure and that you can be healthy today and your wife is healthy and you're uh you know able to um, just be a spokesperson for recovery and so uh jimmy i just appreciate you yeah i know you're uh like talking on a phone to you know whoever knows how many people this will reach is not like your your dream of a great day but thanks for sharing your story, man. I appreciate you taking the risk just to tell us how that went for you and to give us some insight into, um, you know, one of our own uh, from HP uh, experience. So we love you, brother. We're grateful for you and uh, grateful for how the Lord has been uh, gracious to you in the midst of all, all of this. Yeah. Yes. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, like I said, I praise the Lord every day for, uh, for all he has and all he is uh, continuing to do for for me and for Tammy and uh, for the church and for everybody else here. It's, uh, he is, uh, um, he just continues to amaze every single day. You see his grace and his glory and, uh, you know, praise him every day for it. Thanks for listening to the Church is Now Online podcast. For more resources from Bethel Church, head to BethelWeb.org, where you can stream services, give online, and find ways to impact our community. To connect with the HP campus, the best way to do that is on Facebook. Join our group by searching Bethel Church-Hobart Portage. If you enjoyed this content and want to help us out, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you found this content. And it helps us if you rate and review. It just makes it easier for others to find us online. Church is Now Online is produced by the team at Bethel Hobart Portage. Christina Soderquist, Daniel Asher, Scott Irwin, and myself, Dan Jacobson. Thanks for listening to this episode. Until next time, this podcast is to be continued.